Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, J-Mac. Jordan Lopez could not make it today. Um, he is in Indiana. Obviously, he just became an uncle, so everybody uh, you know, wish congratulations to him. Um, and then we got our guest, the one and only. Um, he is co-host of the Let's Talk Broncos Podcast, worked with uh, Mile High Sports. It is one and, the one and only Joey Richards. How are you doing today, man? I know you were at training camp yesterday, um, so I know that heat definitely got you a little bit, but how are you doing, man? Nah, I was telling you guys before the show, I'm still recovering from the heat. I'll be completely honest, man. <laughs> it's crazy out there. And what we were talking before the show, that hill is literally set up like like they don't want us there. They, they don't want us there at all, Bad. man. And then they made the media move up now. Um, so we get like the same view as the media, but they get chairs yeah. and a nice little tent and all of this different type of stuff. No, I, man, I, respect to everybody that goes out there every day and sits on that hill because I'm not doing it. Um, that's just something I'm not going <laughs> <do. laughs> to do. That's how I feel. But I mean, it was good to go for one day. Uh, but I don't I don't know if I'm going to go again. <laughs> yeah crazy. dude it's rough you go it, uh even like three days straight out there i had a blast i learned a lot of stuff but at the same time the third day i was there i was like man i'm sick and t-. the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Part of this damn 95 degree blazing hot sun freaking shining right on my legs and arms. That's crazy. It's just rough, man. Especially, like, yeah, the media the yeah. is able to sit in the shade and stuff. Um, but, I mean, they're still, they're still all the way in that same view as us, so I guess it's kind of like a plus. But yeah. um, they, they still have, like, that brick wall there, so they end up having to stand anyways to see, like, what's actually happening. For real. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Man, and then when they get in the special teams, it's like, all right, Sean, wrap, wrap, wrap this up. <laughs> I'm not sitting exactly. this heat to watch kickoff. They, they, yesterday they <laughs> ran kickoff during three different segments. The kicker's yeah. not even kicking the ball. I don't know what was going on yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, 30 minutes of kickoff is not why I'm here. Nice. Yeah, and they run the thing with the punters, too, where, like, Riley Dixon fake punts it, and they're just, like, kind of going through the routine. It's like, damn, punt the actual ball. Like, what, yeah. we're working on special teams. Yeah. But, no, I, I, yeah, I get what they're doing. They they have done drills where Riley Dixon is punting absolute bombs inside the 10 as well. He's had a really good camp, I thought. Um, but, Joey, you were at – obviously, like everybody um, just heard, you were at camp yesterday, um, your first and only day there of uh, this summer. Um, looks like that'll be it for you, but um, <laughs> whatever. What all did you uh, see and like? Kind of um, get to see there. Uh, anything jump out specifically to you? Um, what were you able to get your eyes on yesterday at camp? Yeah, you know, I think I came on a good day, like a lucky day, because um, they were doing one on ones. They had one side of the field going wide receiver, cornerback, and then they had the other side of the field doing O line, D line. I'm huge on O-line, D-line. If, like, if, I'm, if I'm picking something to watch, I'm definitely watching the trenches, and that's kind of what I focused on. Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of shocked. A big concern for me was our edge depth, like especially because Randy Gregory, guys, this guys have been hurt so much that they need depth behind them. Um, yeah. And then Baron Browning's already down. That's another guy that at this point you're wondering, like, 
can he stay healthy through an entire yeah. season? So it was mm-hmm. good seeing Jonathan Cooper win his reps. And then it was really good seeing Nick Benito go out there and play good. That's a guy that I'm excited to watch this next year. Uh, my thing with Nick Benito is this. I think everyone was kind of disappointed in his play last year. He showed me nothing to be disappointed. If you liked him uh, when the pick happened, nothing has happened to where you don't like him now. Um, he is a designated pass rusher. That's what he is. If people thought that he was going to come in and be a big edge setting defensive lineman, that's just not his game. And people are going to have to get over that. He's a pass rusher, a pass rush specialist. Yeah. And I thought we got to see that on display yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was seeing that um, the um, offensive line, defensive line was re- pretty going crazy yesterday. I saw Jonathan Cooper. Cooper was winning reps against McGlinchey, and I was like, what? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm like all the 1v1 drills. Like, I think everybody wants to see YRC versus DB, but offensive line, defensive line to me is is, just the most important because, you know, you got to see where everybody's at. And like you said with Randy Gregory, man, and Van Browning, those two are injury prone. I mean, that's just what it is. You never know how many games Randy Randy Gregory is going to play. You never know when Van Brown is going to come back. So, I mean, Got to see Frank Clark, Nick Benito. Heard he's been having a great camp. And you got to just, especially Jonathan Cooper, man. A lot of those guys are going to be getting most of the playing time. So, yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Jonathan Cooper, I think, I think that he's, he, he has a case to be most underrated Bronco, I think. Um, if I were to make a case for a player right there, Jonathan Cooper, he is the most reliable edge we have on the Broncos right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he's the most, well-rounded edge we have on the Broncos right now is a guy that can come in there, play the run and the pass pretty good. Yeah. Does he have like an elite quality? I don't think probably not, but he's a guy that you feel comfortable with on the field in any single situation. And that's not something I can say for any of the other edge rushers on the team. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. What he's doing in camp him and Nick Benito have been had a really good camp. I think more surprising on Benito's part, um, yeah. He looks like he can actually play a serious role this year. Um, I saw a few reps where he just blew right past McGlinchey, just made him look silly. So um, yeah. he's definitely having a, quite an impressive <laughs> camp, especially against a, a $90 million right tackle. So um, right. obviously, uh, Delonte Hood, you posted about him as well, man. I'm so happy for him. We we talk, uh, you and Zach, I'm so, I'm actually want to thank you guys for posting that because uh, I've, I've actually grown really close to a Delonte Hood. So we talk like every other day, kind of talk about what he's done at camp, like little recaps and stuff. And um, he was happy that you guys posted that. He always talks about, he feels like he doesn't get enough uh, recognition and stuff. And I'm really pushing for him to make the team. I really th- do think he has the talent to be able to, you know, be that last guy to make the, uh, the depth chart um, and play like a good role in special teams this year, hopefully be something in the future for the Broncos. But um, I was, I watched uh, a few of his one V ones, man, Dude, he locked up Marvin Mims. Locked up Marvin Mims. Um, I think uh, it was Kendall Hinton a few days, but I think it was the last day I was there. Locked up Kendall Hinton. Um, locked up Taylor Grimes. Like he's he's having some really really good reps. I mean, he's still got to stack these performances, and we talk about that. Like you can't just have one good day and just, um, you know, the corner position is really like an inconsistent cross the NFL. Like you, and it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's easily the second hardest position to play behind quarterback and. Um, you got to keep stacking performances like these, and obviously one v ones aren't you know compared to playing in eleven on elevens, but he still looked really good. I've even seen some stuff from him in eleven on elevens where he just looked really really good. Um, yeah. What can you tell the fans about what you've seen from uh, Delonte Hood and then p- potentially other cornerbacks as well? Yeah, I mean I'll be honest. Like when I posted that, 
it was like, no, just I'm trying to show somebody love. Like he actually was out there balling out yesterday. <laughs> he, he, he was out there doing really good. And I didn't really even know of him. I'll be completely honest before yesterday. I'm like, who the hell is this number 13 running around out there? Like he, he's out. Like you said, you said, um, you know, 11 on 11s is different than one on ones. And you're absolutely right. But it's harder for DBs than one on one. It absolutely is. That, it is. That is a drill that is meant for wide receivers to win. That's not a drill for cornerbacks to win. And he looked yeah. really good in that. Um, and then there was another rep. They were running 11 on 11 in the red zone. And it was like a boot to the left side. And you could tell that pass was supposed to go in the flat that's where the quarterback's eyes immediately went he was all over it quarterbacks now scrambled I think it was Danucci he's looking he doesn't know where to go with the ball it would have been a throwaway right there and those are massive plays if he could replicate that in the preseason he has a chance to make the team I I do think that because um quarterbacks a hard position to find in the NFL and you can never have enough of them uh how many times as Broncos fans have we gone down the list of corners is like, <laughs> who are we going to start out there this week? Like that, that happens every single year. So if you can go find good corners, quality guys, and especially if they're young, like he is um, and continue to develop them, that'd be a major plus. So yeah, I was really happy with his performance yesterday. I thought he stood out in almost every single drill they ran out there uh, to the point where it was like, okay, I need to look down at my sheet and see who this number 13 is. Yeah, man, that's good because on the last episode we were just talking about how kind of like how stacked like so far this corner room, like the the depth of it that it is right now. Jaquan McMillan, Tremont Smith, Delonte Hood. I mean, it's just it's a lot of guys that's got to make the team. But I think I think he got a strong case. I mean, they were saying he was locking down yesterday. Yeah. And that's kind of that's surprising. I mean, because the receivers right now they're hungry. You know, Tim Patrick's gone, KJ Hamlin's gone, so the receivers are kind of hungry to you know make them make a name for themselves. And I mean, if we're talking about he's locking up the guy that we just drafted. I think in the second round, like that's. Yeah. I mean, forgot us that that forgot us undrafted. That, that's kind of crazy. And then yeah. you said it best. Like one on one drills, they're meant for receivers. The whole one on one thing. That's receivers are supposed to win that. Like corners, yeah. their backs, your backs are against the wall, and for him to go out there and win that against. One of the guys they just brought in, it's crazy, man. So yeah, yeah. Tremont Smith had a really good um rep against uh in a one v one. I can't remember who the receiver was either. Oh, I'm forgetting um, too. I know exactly what rep you're talking about, though. Yeah, he had Wasn't a beautiful Brandon, PBU. Was it Brandon Johnson? It might have been Brandon Johnson. It might have been. I well, can actually. Look at I it think right it now, was but... Jordan Humphrey. I'm not sure though. I I I'm, yeah. I, I don't, don't don't quote me. Don't quote me. <laughs> But from everything I've seen yesterday, it looks like the corners like dominated the 1v1s, at least yes. from what I've seen. Yeah, that yeah. was There's something a, I wrote down as a concern. They're really not. Like, they're that's not, not, yeah. I was like, I was sitting there watching that. And I'm like, why are the corners winning all of these? Like Brandon Johnson had one really good route. He did like a deep out. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get on the board a little offense. What the hell are we doing? This is crazy. <laughs> like, they're not supposed to be locking down like they did. Okay, but there are multiple ways to look at it, right? Like if our corners are just that nice, <laughs> hey, that's, 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 that's good stuff. <laughs> there was a yeah. there was another one where a court got PS2 bad like PS2 literally I don't know yeah. if he slipped or something but he like fell to the ground and court dropped it man I was like damn you're so close but uh he he's definitely had a good uh, camp against PS2 they've kind of gone back and forth a little bit um I, I'm glad to see uh, you know them challenging PS2 a little bit 
um, you know, especially with him being the, easily the best player on this team. But um, one-on-ones, that's good to hear. I heard uh, or I actually saw Quinn Miners absolutely destroy Jonathan Harris. That was way unfair. Um, it <laughs> sounded like from a, from a, your Twitter feed that he had a really good, he had some really good one-on-ones. Um, any other one-on-ones that really uh, kind of stood out to you? I think that was really it. Um, there were uh... – McGlinchey won his reps in one-on-ones, which was good to see because it feels like when he gets in one-on-ones, like the one-on-ones with receivers and corners, it's flipped. The defense should be dominating one-on-ones, O-line, D-line. It's unfair. When you have five offensive linemen and all these other bodies, it gives them their their gaps to rush are a lot smaller than when they do in one-on-ones. You see Mm -hmm. people in one-on-ones, it's like, all right, dude, you, you started at the edge. You, you would have just ran into the center right there. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Lynchy won his reps yesterday, which was good to see. There was one where I think I saw some people report it as a loss. It wasn't a loss. He pushed him completely outside. If there was a quarterback right there, DN, what, he would have ran him around. Um, there were So that was good to see. Because in 11-on-11s, 11 it was kind of a disaster for the guy. It sounds like that's what it's been so far this training camp. Um, but, yeah, Quinn Miners, he is just a load. Like, you're not pushing him back. That, that's the main thing. You're going to have to try to work around him. Because if you get into him, he not mo- he's not moving. He's not moving. Wow. Jonathan Harris, I think, tried to go up and try to bull rush. And I'm like, that's the worst decision you possibly can make. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing right now. He tried to run straight through him. No one moved. It was just stuck. Um, And then he had another rep where he dominated as well in one-on-ones. Other than that, I would say the backup offensive line kind of looked a little disastrous, but you expect that, I think. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you – if, if your backup O-line is dominating in one-on-ones, it's more probably of an indication that your defensive line sucks. So <laughs> I, I, I think it, it was okay all around. It was okay. I'm excited to have Cam Fleming back as well. Uh, That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, I think, one of the better swing tackles in the league, and we're probably going to need him this year. Love to hear it. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say real quick, uh, Sean Payton, he did talk. I don't know if he saw anything out this um, out there. But Sean Payton talked about pre-snap penalties. Was there any like thing that you saw that kind of concerned you a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, man. Like McGlinchey, man. I gotta say, I don't know. It, it sounds I he did he had one false start, and everyone's like, "Oh, there goes McFlinchy." I'm like, "Oh, this is a problem." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, okay, so this has been something that's been going on. This is crazy. McFlinchy is crazy." <laughs> I guess I guess that's he keeps doing that that's something that has been he did it in san francisco day. a lot he did it in san francisco a lot yeah a yeah. lot that yeah. was the one yeah that, that was like the one thing me and amir talked about with him was like i would like that we didn't mind us getting him it's just that like he was kind of the i don't want to say the bad part of the san francisco offensive line but he wasn't you know one of the better i don't know he just wasn't one of the better like bright spots on that line just because people always said like Man, he's always jumping, always getting penalties, false starts, and all the holding. And I'm like, man, we just have to see. But, I mean, yeah, Sean Payton said that it's got to get better. I mean, because last year we already know how the offensive line was just getting pre-snap penalties, man. Oh, it was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. All the holding, just like even like during the play, holdings, but all the false starts, man. Lord have mercy. I know. After last year, I don't even like offensive line anymore. I mean, it's it's like we've had too many years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too many years where it's just so questionable. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's right. just like, bro. Like we might as well put that money somewhere else. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, I was I was just looking at my uh, notes, and so day, you went to day ten, and uh, day nine was the day that there was like five five stall five false starts, something like that. Um, there it was crazy, like uh, everything that I was reading and stuff. So man, they need to clean that up uh, because preseason is around the corner, and then before you know it, we're gonna be playing the Raiders. So um, that was definitely an issue that we had uh, in previous years. So. Um, I know Sean Payne will, will definitely clean that up, um, especially with him calling out Nathaniel Hackett for all the pre-snap penalties. You got to hope that he uh, at least improves that uh, statistic a little bit because um, that'll be a big hypocrite uh, thing to say. We definitely yeah, can't um, lose to Hackett this year, guys. That, that's yeah. going to be, like, traumatic. He's going to go up there and say the corniest thing we've ever heard in our life, <laughs> and we're just going to have to deal with that. That's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, two things about that. One, if, if Sean Payton can't fix the pre-snap penalties, then I don't really think no one can. Uh, this other thing is, man, I hope we beat I, – I, I don't have us beating the Jets, but I think we kind of – it's like a must-win game now. Not that Sean Payton went out there and said what he said. I feel like we kind of have to win that game. But yeah. everybody's going to be rooting for the Jets, so that's going to be a plus. Like, we're going to be the villains for a week, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I think you're right. Like – when you have a coach like Sean Payton, he's not like a pushover. I thought last year our coaches were kind of pushovers. I really <laughs> did. I, I thought, mm-hmm. like, it felt it felt like, I mean, just connecting dots. Even in that Seattle game, it felt like McMahon has forced his way on that field, and the coach is like, "All right, cool, yeah, get out there, buddy." And then, <laughs> it, like when Melvin Gordon fumbled, he got benched, and the next week you heard that he had a he had a meeting with Hackett, and now he's the starter again. It's like, dude. You gotta have a backbone at some point. Sean Payton is the yeah. exact opposite. He's not nah, Sean Payton to bench you, cut you, whatever. Like, nah, right. like everything's on my word. I don't know. Like he even said, I don't know what was going on here, but that's not about to happen while I'm yeah. here. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. I, I don't know about any of that. Like any of that. Yeah, God fumbles the game away, and yeah, we we have a meeting. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I love you, Melvin. You're our starter again, man. Yeah. Oh, no. I know that. I know they went, uh, got a hug, went out to get coffee and everything. I know he gave him a few kisses on the cheek as well before yeah, he gave like, him that bro, starting like job. Popped it up about some sci fi movies. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, they, 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 oh, man. I'm so happy that era of Broncos football is over. I'm excited for Sean Payton, man. I, I think, I think it's what we need. And Jordan, I think you said it, man. Like, if he can't coach the, um penalties out of the broncos the pre-snap stuff no one is no one is because yeah, no one is he's gonna be a hard ass about it truthfully like he's not gonna put up with it yeah like I- i'm convinced that like what whatever we see like on the field this year is just it's what's been there all along and there's really no fixing it that's all i'm like i'm like if, if sean payton can't come in here and fix some of these issues i'm like man it's really no one no one's gonna come in and fix it man because it's like bruh come on man yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Joey, is there any players at camp that yesterday that you kind of noticed are performing a little bit over expectations? Um, even though uh, maybe fans of uh, maybe they should uh, keep a closer tab on um, that you like kind of like set out yesterday that maybe you haven't heard a little bit more uh, previously in the media. Yeah, I think guys, I think it's important to pay attention to what Brand Johnson's doing out there. I really do. Um, Working with the ones as much as he has, and this is the most important thing, I think, is that this is through two different coaching staffs now that he's yeah. getting these looks, these opportunities. That's a, that's that's crazy. That's tough. Um, he Hackett's gave him a bunch of 
opportunities to work his way actually into the rotation at wide receiver through the training camp. And then immediately Sean Payton does the same thing. No relation between the offenses, no relation between the coaches. They don't even know each other. Uh, that means that Brian Johnson is just an impressive player. And you can tell he's, he's out there. And I think, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really interested to see how that first depth chart comes out and who actually is the wide receiver one. But if you're just going off of, or who's the starter. But if you're just going off of what you're seeing at training camp, right now it looks like Brandon Johnson's that guy, which is crazy. I don't think anybody could have predicted that. You picked up uh, Callaway. You drafted Marvin Mims with your first pick. You, had, you, you made – you just added at receiver, yet Brandon Johnson is still working his way over him, um, which is super interesting to me. And I'm excited to see how he looks actually in, like, live yeah. action. Uh, so that, that's a player I'm circling like a thousand times over again to watch in preseason. Um, do you think he could like end up being like starting over those guys you just said, like Callaway and Mims? Like he, he could possibly be wide receiver three? I think so, man. I like if I'm just going off of what, like if I, if, if it wasn't Brandon Johnson, like if it was Callaway getting those same looks as Brandon Johnson, I'm like, oh yeah, he's for sure the wide receiver three. It's just hard for me to give yeah, uh, Brandon Johnson that because yeah. we haven't seen a lot of it. So, but all indications point to that. Yes, he is that guy on the team. Um, they're using him as that guy right now, matter of fact. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really interested to see if that changes by the preseason. I, I just, I don't understand why uh, they would be doing all of this if he wasn't. Because Callaway, guys, he has... He has an advantage over all the other wide receivers. He knows he does. Yeah, offense. Mm -hmm. yeah, he he, does. There's no adjustment. There's zero adjustment for that guy or Jordan Humphrey. Um, and Marvin Mims was hand-selected by Sean Payton, yet Brandon Johnson is still in that lineup. I, That's I mean, crazy. I don't know whether to be, like, happy about it or kind of, like, worried about it, you know, because yeah. you don't know what to be. I mean – Callaway was kind of brought in, you know, for depth, and we drafted Mims to kind of, you know, to play a little bit this year, but not to be, you know, too kind of crazy. But with Tim Patrick going down, KJ gone, you, I thought it was going to be one of those two or maybe even Kendall Hinton. I didn't yeah. think Brandon Johnson was going to be the guy running with the ones and, you know, turning people's heads at camp. I mean, I, I just didn't think it was going to be him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought he could make the team for sure, but I didn't think he would, you know, talking about him like being uh, maybe the wide receiver three, you know, at the final depth chart. That's kind of crazy. You know, it definitely yeah, is. Uh, Peyton told the media the other day that both his former New Orleans receivers need to step up, which I thought that was really big. Uh, he even said like earlier in the offseason that uh, Callaway needs to lose a, a little bit of weight uh, coming <laughs> into the like training and everything. So he's been hard on his former guys and understandably so. Like Joey said, like they know the system already, so there should not be any kind of bridge or anything. Like you should already be um, making plays and already being installed in the offense and yeah. be able to play as that wide receiver uh, three, four, and be able to be productive in that role. Um, but, yeah, he, he told the media the other day, I thought that was really significant, said both those guys need to step up. Um, so it, it's interesting because is it a product of Brandon Johnson really standing out or is it a product of Callaway slash Humphrey uh, slash Mims not necessarily being, you know, ready to step into that uh, wide receiver three role? Mm -hmm. I think it's more so Brandon Johnson st uh, standing out. I th I've seen some really good plays from him. Um, I'm going to say I'm not worried about it at all. I feel like he um, still really early on in his career, the cousin of Ocho Cinco. Maybe he's got a little a little bit of a swag to him in his game. Maybe he's got a little something to cool. him. So um, I'm excited to see what he looks like as the wide receiver one uh, heading in a preseason because we did get news yesterday that Sean Payne does expect 
expect to play the starter. So once he takes him out, those few uh, possessions, we'll see Brandon Johnson as the wide receiver one with um, Ben DiNucci, Jarrett Stidham uh, slinging him the rock. So we'll see what it looks like, man. Maybe he can actually be like a uh, key contributor this year. Amir, did uh, Marvin Mims stand out to you at all? Did he do anything when you were at practice? I'm not going to lie. He's been super quiet. Like, he's had a few receptions and a seven-on-sevens, but, like, those are seven-on-sevens. Like, right. he has not done, like, much. It, it honestly feels like it's going to be a curve year for him. I really think, do think it's going to be, like, year two where we're going to see, like, the um, – not a breakout, but, like, we're going to actually see Marvin Mims start to get some real, like, targets and make some plays after the catch. Yeah, I thought the same thing. He was he was quiet yesterday when I was out there. Um, in one-on-ones, he was getting beat. We talked about that earlier, Delonte Hood, yeah. downfield. And that's where Marvin Mims thrives, yeah. is downfield. Um, and Delonte Hood stuck with him, PBU. He was quiet. I think, I think his best opportunity to be productive this year, he might he's going to get his snaps, I think. There's going to be certain reps or certain plays you're going to want a guy like Marvin Mims in. But – um, I think a lot of it's going to be, can he be that starting returner? Can, can he be that guy? I think that's where his production's going to come rookie year. What do you, what do you think about the return game right now? What's your opinion? Cause, um, Zach, Zach thinks that Montreal, um, won't make the roster just because of his return ability. And I agree, honestly, you can't just be doing what uh, they did last year with Hackett and kind of designating a spot to returner. <laughs> so what would you kind of prefer right now with returner? Um, and, and what, I don't know, you probably didn't see a lot of, a uh, lot yesterday, but um, just based off of everything, you know, and obviously preseason is going to be a big factor in it, but what would you kind of prefer in returner right now? What do you think is going to happen? Listen to me. We, we, I watched plenty of returning yesterday. Too much returning, matter of fact. Oh, we got man. three segments of kickoff. Way too much, Sean, by the way. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting this up for three three <laughs> kickoffs, man. I'm not doing all that. But um, Wait, uh, did they have all like the coverage and everything out there? Like they were running actual returns? Yeah, they were running returns, but they were like kind of jogging through it. But I, I that, that was oh, the okay. stupid part. They, the kicker wasn't even kicking the ball. I don't know. It was all ridiculous. Um, but I I can never pronounce the running back's name. Jaleel uh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Okay, that's how you say it. He, I think, I would like him to win that return job because I think he offers something at running back, right? Um, so I think his best way to make the roster, honestly, is as a return man. He, he's the fastest guy on the field all the time. The only issue I've seen with him is it sounds like he keeps muffing punts in kickoff so that is something that you can't have if he does that in the preseason tough he will be cut um i think that's his best option there or his best way to make it on the roster is that way i just it's hard for him i think to make it otherwise maybe a practice squad guy though um i think marvin mims has a good shot tremont smith i didn't even see back there yesterday returning kicks we were talking yeah, about yeah, that yeah j mac brought that up like it's because if you go on the broncos dev chart he's listed as i think the starting kick returner yeah like i, I don't know if it's kick returner punt return i'm like well why isn't he getting any reps if you're not gonna if, he, if he's listed as a starter like why not give him reps it's just kind of weird he hasn't he hasn't gotten a single rep at returner all of camp which is so weird it, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not, it's weird, right? Everywhere else, <laughs> it's weird. Like I don't know if Sean Payton is like, well, we already know. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury that nobody knows about, or like, or what. I mean, it's just weird. Like I saw, um, I think I did see he was doing ones yesterday though. Yeah, he did. He did yeah, really he's fine. well. He's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. I, I I saw he did well. I think it was uh Lil Jordan Humphrey that he had a good rep against him, and I'm like, okay, well that's good. And 
nothing on return, like nothing special teams. I'm like, what? Like, it's so weird. I'm like, because, yeah, I'm like, ain't no way you signed Tremont Smith that early in free agency to a two year contract just to play fifth string corner. I'm like, that doesn't make really much sense to me. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me either. Um, but I agree with Montrell. I don't think he's going to make the team. I, I I have a really hard time envisioning. It's tough, that. but yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, yeah, especially if he doesn't end up winning the return job, like then what? What yeah. is he offering? You have oh yeah, he definitely you have make it. all of these other wide receivers. I think you probably prefer Lil Jordan Humphrey as a receiver. I think you probably prefer Brandon Johnson as a receiver. You like mm-hmm. if you start going down the list, it's, it's just going to be really hard for him. He's he's towards the bottom of that. If I'm being um, honest, just with his size and his frame, it's hard for him out there. Uh, last year when he did get offensive reps, it felt like whenever he was on the field, you knew the ball was going to him and you knew it was a trick play. And then so did the defense that it just did not work at all. Um, so I don't know. I think he's more gadget guy than he is actual wide receiver. And that's concerning. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, one question I did have for you yesterday. It seems like one position we don't talk about is kind of the linebackers. Yeah. Like nobody really talked about the linebackers. So I just want to know, like, uh, what you like? What did you see yesterday? They said that uh, Singleton and Jewel got back to back sacks. Sean Payton, like, said he he's like what he's seen physically and the speed out of Drew Sanders. But what did you like, you know, out of the linebacker unit? Yeah, no, I think I think you know what you're getting with Alex Singleton and Josie Jewel, and you're getting two really solid linebackers there. Um, Josie Jewel is one of those guys where physically he's not that imposing like in any way. Like he's not the tallest, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest. So in a training camp setting, it's a little more difficult to evaluate a guy like that because that's what training camp is. You're really the guys that are fast and physically imposing, those type of guys look great in training camp is when you start doing the live action where you start to see who the football players are. Um, mm-hmm. And Josie Jewell is one of those. He's, he's a football player. He's not a training camp guy. Alex Singleton looks like Alex Singleton. He's run and hit linebacker. That's the best way I can describe him. But Drew Sanders, he definitely looks the part. Like he stands out. When those linebackers are running through drills or they're just all huddled up, you know exactly which one Drew Sanders is. He could be in the front of it, the back, the front. He could be anywhere. You know where which one he is because he's like 6'5". He's, he's huge. <laughs> and he moves so well. He moves so, so well. I think that he is going to be a guy that comes in and he's going to have a role for himself as a rookie. Um he is a former edge rusher. I don't if people don't know that. And he yeah. went to Alabama. He was a five-star recruit. Yeah, he was. As an edge. And you you see it when he plays inside linebacker. Like when I was going through his Arkansas tape, you can see it. When he is rushing, when they're sending him on blitzes, he has a natural knack for getting after the quarterback. And I could definitely see the Broncos using packages with him where he is – a pass rusher in there, not mm-hmm. from the middle. I don't think from the edge spot. I think from the middle. Yeah. And when you look at different guys, Vance Joseph has used in the past, like Zayvon Collins is another guy, very, very similar to Drew Sanders in that he played a lot of edge at Tulsa. Um, Isaiah Simmons is a guy who uses speed and all of that type of stuff. Hasn't really panned out. But you, you can tell Vance Joseph has a type at inside linebacker when you start to go through those names. And Drew Sanders fits the mold perfectly. Yeah, he's just a guy that you can kind of put in multiple positions. But I mean, Sean Sean Payton, he's he said he's gonna do a lot of things. 
I was just surprised he fell to us. I think we got him. We got him in the second round, right? I was third. shocked that he the third. I was shocked he fell all the way down there because there were talks of him going in the first round, and I'm like, wait, Drew Sanders still on the board, and Broncos yeah. took him. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, but I'm 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 just very interested interested to see how they use him because I'm like. If he could do edge, then I feel like he could probably be better at edge just for this season. But then you see Jonas Griffith go down, and you're like, okay, well, he might play linebacker. But I just want to see what they do with the man because you can line him up really at both. Right. I think they'll do both. I think they'll do both. I think this is changing the game of football, honestly. Like you guys talking about this, just thinking about like how you can have this kind of versatile versatile role if you're playing linebacker and you have that pass, uh, you know, experience at edge. Like just being able to rush solely blitz the quarterback you're going to already have that extra few seconds just because of you know the repertoire of moves that you already um you know have on your belt and you know how to get to the passer as opposed to linebackers that kind of just do what alex uh aj johnson did just running try to truck the uh, you know offensive linemen not try to really get around them or anything like that's not going to create a lot of pressure or you know stop the run like um so that's no neck to i love aj johnson um He's yeah. a great guy, but um, I just feel like Drew Sanders, man, he's honestly he, next year he's going to be the starter. Like I, I'm yeah, so confident is. in him, <laughs> and I, I feel like he's easily going to be uh, – I feel like he'll be, probably be the best linebacker on our team. Yeah, and guys, like something that's underrated about him too, is he like fully ready as a pass cover guy? Probably not, but the tools he has to do it, unbelievable when you're talking about six five and how fluid he is running down the field you got to see that in seven on sevens yesterday where here he's carrying tight ends straight up the seam like they like it was no problem and then when you talk about a six five linebacker a thing that's always underrated in my opinion um when these guys get in their zone drops and they're just dropping in zone right being six five is massive that closes the window dramatically compared to a six foot and you see all these teams using six foot, six foot one linebackers on the field. Um, It's like when you have, it's like Russ trying to throw over his offensive line. It's tough when you have (laughs) these six, five linebackers dropping back in their zone draws. It's, it's tough. It's It's hard to fit it in the window. It's it's hard to fit it in any window. when You got a guy that size. Exactly. And it just takes one tip, right? He gets a finger on it. And now we're running back for six. Yeah, It's that simple. It, it, it really is. That's what you brought up. AJ Johnson. That was what he did best in past coverage. He just yeah. was big. Huge. <laughs> he would drop back and like, be big. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. He just dropped back and you're like, yeah, I, I can't fit the ball right there. Let me go ahead and go somewhere else. In the right, run right. game, he was just the run game. He would just literally go through offensive linemen. Like he's <laughs> taller than him. And I'm like, bro, this dude just, he's just shooting through the gap. But I think, man, like he's 6'5, 230. And like the last year at Arkansas, over 100 tackles and four in 13 and a half sacks. I'm not, I mean, no, he had 13 and a half tackles for loss and nine and a half sacks. Like that's like almost unheard of. Like he tied, he tied Will Anderson for most sacks in the SEC from an inside. Like, that is ridiculous. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I still can't believe they let him fall all the way to us in the third. That's, pretty crazy he had, five, he had five pass deflections too yep so yeah so moving ahead uh from training camp a little bit let's go ahead and talk about the uh josh jacob stuff that came out yesterday from mike florio of uh pro football talk he came out and said that um and you know i i would like to preface this with saying that mike florio has not been right about a lot of things in the past um so <laughs> at we'll, all uh, go ahead at and all. uh take this with a grain of salt but um 
he said that the Chiefs and Broncos, which are in the same division as the Raiders, for a lot of you guys that know, um, th- that they were two teams interested in trading for Raiders running back Josh Jacobs if they do de- uh, decide to uh, rescind uh, their franchise tag offer of $10.1 million. Um, Guys, this is not happening unless we restructure someone like big time um, because taking on this kind of a contract will put us like over like three, four, five million uh, the cap, like under the cap. Um, but what do you guys think about this? If we're just like, let's say salary cap does not exist, what kind of element would he add to our team? And how far do you think the Broncos could actually go with Javante and uh, Josh Jacobs running the rock? Whew, it would be dangerous, man. If they if they could get him, it would be super dangerous. Um, it would be scary out there. It just seems like I feel bad for these running backs nowadays. Like even if they do rescind that, it's going to be hard for Josh Jacobs to get the contract he wants. You see it around the league right now. That is just not happening. Teams don't want to pay running backs on their second contract. It's ridiculous, um, though. It is, I think it is a little bit now. Like when I used to be big on, hey, don't pay these running backs. Don't do it. They're too, they're going to end up getting hurt. Their career span is shorter than anybody else. But when you look at defenses, everyone's copying the Fangio scheme, right? You got two safeties up high, you're lighter in the box, <laughs> yeah. and it makes the running game that much more effective. Um, it, running backs, honestly, are more at a premium right now, I think, than ever, or not than ever, but in for a while. Um, because the way teams are selling out to, to just uh, stop the pass. You have linebackers mm-hmm. in there. Like Drew Sanders, he's 6'5", 230. He's really light for 6'5". When you're talking about the linebackers in the NFL, it's a lot different than back in the day when you had Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher out God. there in 250, <laughs> 255. Yeah. You, you might run into a team that's running a guy that's like 200 and – 10 pounds at linebacker that that happens and you can and you can run the ball on these teams that's something you can do um tennessee's done it they destroyed teams with the run and they made a afc championship push when you're talking about the titans they've made big put or the the ravens and the titans and these teams that are super effective at running the football you're seeing success and it's because of the way defenses are selling out to stop the pass right now so I, I think that it would be awesome, but it, like you said, Amir, it's not going to happen. Like, hey, I, I would have, uh, I would have interest in Andrew Luck if he wanted to come out of retirement right now. You know, what I mean, it's one of those. Like, this is not happening. <laughs> yeah, for me, I don't even think it has anything to do with the cap or anything like that. I just don't see the Raiders trading him within the division. I feel like Mike Florio. That's that's the part of it out to me, like the Chiefs and the Broncos. Like, when's the last time you've seen like an actual star player besides that play for, for the Patriots that gets traded kind of inside their own division? Yeah. Like, it's, just, it's it's really unheard of. You know, usually they ship a guy off to another conference or kind of far away in the conference, like to a team that, you know, nobody really cares about. That's just for me. But I think the only way we do get a guy like Josh Jacobs is if he's just let go. And yeah. um, I think that's pretty much it. I think we have a way better shot then. But as far as trading, Man, I doubt the Raiders aren't giving him to Denver or Kansas City like that. They're they're not they're not giving him away in within a division if they if they could have a say on it. Right, if Kansas City got Josh Jacobs, yeah, it, like man, it's, it's over. Yeah, it's we're over. Done. But, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> so are the Raiders. That would be the dumbest no, thing they could possibly. I, do. I'm not. It, it's it might be over for the league. You give them Josh Jacobs. 
Like, how do you stop them? But anyways, um, if we do find a way to get them, we we talked about it earlier when uh him and Sean Payton was on like the same set for something. I think it was I can't remember what it was. Something for uh, Hey K Adams. Yeah, it was something, and you know they talked about it a little bit. You know, maybe teaming up, but that was before Josh Jacobs signed his franchise tag and. Of course, everything's going to be brought back up again. But, I mean, if him and Javante were to team up, that's the best running back duo in the league. There's no questions about it. You get both of them in the same room. It's kind of it's kind of unstoppable, but it is what it is. Um, but Bronco fans, I, I I wouldn't go too much into it. I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, Bronco fans see – like, they see Amir Paul Josh Jacobs. You oh, scared me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> we might get Josh Jacobs. Like, just let's, let's, let's calm down for a second, bro. Like – they're saying trading him to Denver, trade interest. They're not trading him within the division. But, um, you know, I want to speak on the running back situation. I just think it's messed up, man. I think that – I mean, don't I, I don't think teams are wrong for saying, like, we don't want to pay a running back twice. I get that. I know running backs are a position that kind of dies down. You know, they – once a running back falls off, they fall off quick. It's never like a steady decline. Like, it's never like that. And I, teams want to kind of cut bait early. But, I mean, I just feel like guys like Josh Jacobs, man, he's still young. I feel like you you got to pay him something. It's like yeah. the Saquon Barkley thing. You know, they're like, well, you know, he's been hurt. You know, he got that he got that injury. You know, I, I don't think, you know, Giant fans are – some Giants fans are thinking, like, let's not pay Saquon. Let's, you know, pay him this one thing, and then, yeah, we can move on. Like, we're talking about some of the best players in the league at the end of the day. I feel like you have to pay them. Like, just – I ain't saying pay them the max, but at least pay them what they deserve. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that's just yeah. my take on it. I mean, like, Dalvin Cook, like – Dalvin could getting cut. It just sounds so crazy. Like the dude is still coming off one of his best seasons, and he's out here trying to find a job. And the teams that want him are just greedy teams, teams that don't even really need a running back. Like, and he's talking about like he's yeah. not signing anywhere because of money. Like it's just crazy. Jacobs and Barkley got to fight. Eckler's got to fight for his money. Like these are some of the best players in the NFL fighting for contracts. Like it's it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy because like. A lot of past history does prove that you don't really need to pay yeah. your running backs. But at the same time, like these guys literally are like doing 50% of the work on your team. And you're not going to, you're telling me they're not going to get the, the same amount of money as these backup wide receivers. Like, like that's, what? that's absolutely like crazy to me. That's like you at work, you're working your ass off and someone that makes more money, money than you is not doing a lot. And you're like, I deserve a pay grade, but I'm not getting it for my boss because he doesn't want to give it to me because right. he doesn't need to. It's like it's crazy. It's honestly yeah. the running. You can say anything you want about running backs being undervalued and stuff, and whether you agree or disagree. But at the at the end of the day, they do a lot of damn work, and they don't get paid. You know how they deserve to. Yeah, I, I knew yeah. the position was down bad when I saw Dalvin Cook on Twitter posting his highlights, like <laughs> like high school, like bro, like, like what? A high school, like a, like a yeah, like, like, like a high school recruit with no offers. For recruits. Like, yeah, like, like like like. like, like yeah, like he's, he's like he's over there fishing, like just fishing for attention. I'm like, bro, yeah. like Dalvin Cook, you're a borderline all pro running back. Like yeah. you're a thousand yard rusher. Like you're an off. Yeah. Like why are you posting your highlights? Like who want me? Thirty yard touchdown against right, the Jets. Bro. I'm like, like bro, we've like, seen your highlights. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like that, that was crazy. Like that was nuts. Oh, like, like, four times. Like he has like, to remind us. Yeah, that, that's what I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, the fact he has to do that is just crazy. But I, I want to bring up an example. Like Amir said, backup wide receivers. I mean, the guy up in the name, not a backup, but like if Jacoby Myers can get 16 million dollars in free agency, and the Raiders, the Raiders pay him, but won't pay, but won't pay Josh Jacobs, who's arguably the best running back in the league last year, what he wants, it's crazy. So yeah. I gotta say, man, like. It's just crazy. Like Eckler, like think about all Eckler does for the Chargers. Think about what Josh Jacob does, Saquon does. Like these are majority of the offense. Like without them, like the Raiders, like first of all, the Raiders are already lacking in talent. 
and coaching. So now you're going to go out there without arguably your best player. Like, I think you got Devontae and Crosby. But last year, it was a debate that Josh Jacobs was um, was kind of their best player. Like, he was he was winning them games. Like, the game against Seattle when he put up 300-plus yards and had, like, three touchdowns and got them to walk off and then OT. Like, there was times last year where everybody was like, yeah, Josh Jacobs might be the best running back in the league. And yeah. he's sitting out of training camp. And they're talking about rescinding the franchise. Like, that is that's so crazy to me. Like That is. I want to put it into context like this. Jarrett Stidham got a two-year, $10 million deal with the Broncos. That's what the Raiders are offering to one of the best players in the NFL for just one season. That's that, that's crazy. Jarrett Stidham's not – he probably won't even play this year, depending on if Russ stays healthy, knock on wood. But, like, it's crazy that what he's going to make in two years not playing football is what they're going to offer Josh Jacobs, who's basically, like, more than 60% of their offense, like, in terms of offensive usage. Yeah, it's just like, man, I ain't gonna lie. I just feel like I feel like the running back is getting done bad a little bit. I feel like, like if you're in, if you're a middle of the pack running back who's had you know pretty decent seasons, and a team wants to not pay you, move on. I could kind of see that, but when you're top of the position, like, and your team is like, yeah, we're 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 questioning paying you for the future long term, like that, it just doesn't make any sense because because then that's when these teams like Kansas City or the Jets or one of these crazy contending teams is going to sneak in and get a all pro for like $5 million and just beat everybody. Like worst case scenario, like if Dalvin Cook somehow finds his way in Philly, like the league is cooked. Like it just, it is what it is. Like, and that's, that's probably going to end up happening. Josh Jacobs is going to get cut and he's going to go to maybe Kansas city. And you're just sitting there like, Oh God, like they didn't got, they didn't gave Mahomes a running back, like an all pro running back. <laughs> but yeah to uh, wrap up the whole josh Jacobs stuff um that's basically just mike florio trying to collect some extra pay-per-views or not yeah. pay-per-views uh page views um so uh that that reports yeah that's definitely cap but um that we're not we're not honestly uh we're, we're used to this this is kind of what pro football talk does but you know no shot at them i mean you gotta do what you gotta do i guess but <laughs> Shut up, you, know, but you, you know what I've noticed? Like, like I swear I notice anytime like a star player wants out, regardless of the position is not quarterback, regardless of anything, they name the Chiefs and the Bills as the top two teams every single <laughs> time. Like I'm like, dog, with, with what money? Like with what money? Like D Hop gets cut, man. The Chiefs. The Watch Chiefs, out, man. The Chiefs, like, man. You are so money? you are so right, bro. Everybody like, is a chief until proven otherwise. Like <laughs> what? Like, bro, yeah, like all with what them. money? Like with what money? Like yeah. you would just think, like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, OBJ, man. The Chiefs, all they gotta do is just restructure this contract. They can get them. Like, no. no. I know. They're they're doing all this crazy stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah, it is Odell, but you might just sign the one year. Yeah, like the one year to come yeah. up. <laughs> no, it's always the Chiefs. Like, it's always the Chiefs, and then, like, they'll throw in Buffalo. Yeah, I can see Buffalo making a run at him, man. Like, I'm like – because, I mean, like, they were talking about Dalvin Cook going to Buffalo, and me and Amir were like, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, Dalvin Cook going to the Chiefs, I'm like, with what money? Like, how are they going to pay, like, D-Hop? Like, I'm like, you're telling me D-Hop's just going to take money less. Like, I'm like, he's going to visit Tennessee and New England. I'm pretty sure they're offering him the bag, and people think he's going to go to turn down what? 10 plus million dollars to just go play with Mahomes? No. no. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, no. I get so sick and tired of that, man. I swear. It's like every every single player, like, it never fails. Article comes out. The Chiefs supposedly interested. The Chiefs could trade. Like, it's, all it is is just clickbait. Like, oh, my God, the Chiefs trying to get him? 
I know. I know. It's just depressing for us. Every single time we see that, I, like, now my bro, mind's running. God. All right, so now they got Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, right? Aaron <laughs> we Donald's about to be a free agent next year. That, like, I'm doing like, it. Bro, They're building like, that team like his Madden Ultimate team. I'm saying, like, <laughs> just, like, over here, like, yeah, salary cap is off. Like, they're yeah. going to get everybody. Like, come on. We, we heard a lot of uh, Broncos this year, too. Uh, we were being connected yeah, to did. Diop at one point for no reason. Um, Who who else was it? There's just a lot of players. Like, Dalvin yes. Cooksley obviously got connected to. Um, there was a lot of players this year opposed to uh, previous offseasons. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, Lazar. I mean, it was a lot of players in offseason that they said yeah. went to Denver. And I was just kind of like, it's crazy. You don't really – I mean, I haven't seen that in years. The last time I seen Denver really fishing for guys was – the year we signed literally everybody in free agency and we got TJ, DeMarcus, and all those guys. I haven't really seen us, like, talking about getting all these high-level high players So until this offseason. So, I mean, it's a good thing. But then again, fans have got to be realistic. Fans think a report come out, it's going to happen. Like, nah, man. It's Dude, running, my, running my page is so fun because all you see is, oh, my God, you scared me. You scared me. You thought we you thought we got this person. You literally like, put breaking news over no, any pictures. Like, oh, my like, God, I thought Russ towards ECO. <laughs> like, like literally, like Amir can post, like Amir posts this rumors. It, it literally says rumors news. Oh my god, you scared me, bro! Just read, <laughs> like just read it. Like he didn't, he didn't say Dude, breaking it's so news. Funny, bro. He said rumors. Like he didn't say anything like breaking news. Josh Jacobs. Like oh my god, bro! Like it's just crazy. Like don't give me your kind of information, man. I'm posting crazy stuff on there. I'm gonna have people believe in everything. I'm gonna yeah, post yeah. It my own, bro. I'm like. Bro, Sit there just posting my home's picture, put rumors or anything. People, oh my god, bro. I, I could have man, I didn't know what you were gonna post, bro. Like, yeah. bro, calm down, dude. Like, it's literally like there's five comments per post that say that I gave them a heart attack, uh, supposedly. So, um, that's that's kind of the fan base that I've built. Um, it's hilarious. It's just the graphic. People see anything, people see a star player and they just like go crazy, yeah. Like, yeah, that's oh kind of what the the algorithm has kind of turned into uh, for pages. Especially this year. when you did the 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 um the digs one too. You posted that one was hilarious. People, oh my god, bro, you can't do me like that. I thought and I thought we got digs. Like, bro, I'm pretty sure you would hear it somewhere else before you hear it with the like Broncos Avenue. I'm like, you would hear the breaking news everywhere, Schefter and everything. You think, oh my god, we got digs? No. <laughs> No, we did not get Stefan Diggs. Like, yeah. and anything, anything that I use with uh, uh, Benjamin Albright as the caption, literally ninety comments just spawn of like, why are you using that? Why are you using that fraud as yeah. a, a source on your post? Oh my god! <laughs> no, your, no, your, no, your no, Instagram no, comments are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely interesting, but Joey, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today, learning everything with uh camp, uh, going over kind of the disrespect with running backs and then hearing about my crazy followers on every single post on Instagram. But um, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It's always a good one. I love you guys at let's talk Broncos. Seriously. Like I almost listen to like no podcast like ever. You never catch me listening to podcasts. I just love listening to my rap. But um, when I do listen to a uh, podcast, sometimes definitely listen to a let's talk Broncos that episode that you guys, had with uh, Nick Cosmeyer the other day, great one. Then I saw the one with you uh, and Frankie the other day. So you guys are doing great work, man. Seriously, I um, if I had to recommend any Broncos podcast out there, it's immediately Let's Talk Broncos. Hey, man. Well, I really appreciate that, and you guys are both doing 
great work over here. Seriously. I said that the last time I was on, <laughs> I meant it and I mean it here. You guys are killing it. You guys are absolutely killing it on Broncos. Ave. I love everything you guys got going. Jordan and Amir. Um, yeah, so yeah, just keep up the great work. I appreciate both of you for having me on the show for 2.0 and yeah, yeah they, yes, I would love to have you guys on. Let's talk Broncos sometime for sure. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being on. If you guys listened to this episode and liked it, make sure you guys do the same. Hit the like button and subscribe. Make sure you guys are listening over there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You hit the follow button and leave a five-star rating. All that stuff helps helps us out greatly. All the support is uh, very, very appreciated. Like I always say, I don't care where you guys listen to the show. As long as you take time out of your day to listen to the show, that is always greatly appreciated. Love all you guys. Um, hope you guys enjoyed all the training camp coverage. It's going to continue um, with where I believe we reached the uh, halfway point of training camp. So it's going to be wrapping up soon. We got uh, preseason in about five, six days. So we're going to be coming out with our preview for that. So make sure you guys turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac, and today's great special guest, Joey Richards. To the next episode, peace. peace.